Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. So then going back to the Whole Foods question, um, the uh, how did I get it on the shelf at Whole Foods? So I started going into Whole Foods and shopping there and I had no idea what I was doing. And one of the things I talk about in my book, Undaunted Overcoming Doubts and Doubters is, it sounds good to have a great idea that here I had been a successful executive in tech and then I had this curiosity and I had this idea for solving this, this issue um, that I had around my health. And, and, uh, and then, you know, I thought, oh, I'll just go get it on the shelf at Whole Foods. But then you start to have these doubts, these little voices that come in there that say, well, how am I going to do it? And the, the way that I was able to kind of solve for that, and maybe it's even the way that I sort of tackle problems overall, is I just think, okay, what's step one and step two? And so step one was I had no idea what I was doing. And so I went into Whole Foods and started talking to the guy who was stocking the shelves in Whole Foods. I had no idea whether or not he was going to answer my question or not, but it was a good first stop. And so I, you know, guys putting up, he looked official. He's putting bottles on the shelf. And I said, hi, excuse me. Can, do you know how you launch a product at Whole Foods? And he said, wait, what? Excuse me? And I said, I have this idea for a product. And I didn't even know there was a main buying office in Austin. I mean, I was just had no idea at all. And he said, well, I think you have to have a label and I don't know, a company. And I said, I mean, basically, no, he had no idea how to launch a product. I mean, he's he's stocking the shelf, but he started talking about aspects that he thought about, you know, you have to have the label, you have to have all the, all these things. And I, and he said, probably there's bottlers out there. So all of a sudden I'm picking up vocabulary. Right. On right. Uh, and so then I, the language. Right. And I'm getting the language. And and so then I said, okay, interesting. All right. Well, who would I talk to about this? And he said, What? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, we have a buyer that does this, but first you have to have a product. I said, Okay, makes sense. I, you know, and then I started asking him. I told him a little about a little bit about my idea. I think it's so funny because entrepreneurs are always thinking, oh, I can't tell anybody but my idea. Oh my gosh, don't get me started. I'm going to go on such a rant. Right? That fear mindset, just, I've never seen someone who's in that mindset who's been super successful. Mildly, maybe moderate, never super. That mindset never gets you out. And I, I learned this early on, partly because I'm married to an attorney, a California attorney too, but you know, these, these non-disclosure agreements, especially, I mean, it varies by state, but in California, it, they're just, you know, you they're null and void. I mean, you can't- it's someone like, cause, cause I do business consulting, right? And so when someone comes to me like, will you sign an NDA? I'm like, sure, but I don't think I can help you. They're like, why? I said, because if you don't trust me enough that you can't even tell me your idea, 
without me mm -hmm. signing something, then you're never going to trust me enough to actually help you do this. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. I mean, I think that you have to have a great idea and in order to have a company, a successful company, I mean, you can't launch a product today that a beverage product in particular that tastes bad, right? That is not, you know, that doesn't have an audience and all of these things, but your ability to execute as an entrepreneur is your secret sauce. Totally. And it's born in you. Nobody yeah. can ever take that away. The idea is just the shell. Totally. It's just a shell. It's like, oh no, they're going to totally. take my peanuts. No, they took the peanut shell. You're the peanuts. <laughs> so exactly. So what I was, uh, so the, the whole foods gentleman, I started, I told him, he said, so what's your, what's your product? And I said, well, I have this idea for water that just has fruit in it, real fruit that doesn't have sweeteners and doesn't have preservatives in it. And he actually pointed me to vitamin water and vitamin water at that time, 15 years ago, had more calories in it than a can of Coke. And I, and I remember seeing that. I'm like, you gotta be joking. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have, um, and you know, I didn't have really vitamin water wasn't my thing, but it was a lot of other people's thing. And I had friends who drank it and I started asking them, uh, why, why do you, I'm just curious, like, why do you drink it? It tastes good. And also it's healthier because it has vitamins in it. And I, <laughs> And so I would educate not only my friends, but also this guy who was stocking the shelves at Whole Foods about the fact that it had so much sugar in it. And so I really started to think about this other issue that was going on out there. Again, I didn't have a job at the time, so I had plenty of time to kind of think about this stuff. But I started thinking about how unfortunate it was that consumers were actually trying to do better. Maybe they were even taking an extra step and shopping at fancy stores because they really wanted to have better things, better food, better, you know, better health. Yet it was really tough and the decks were stacked against consumers to actually be able to get healthy, even those who were conscious. And then I started looking at all these diets that were out there. Some of those I had even tried and I thought, there's just a lot of money being spent on trying. And yet most people aren't succeeding and they quit. And I thought, if I can actually develop this product and get it on the shelf at someplace like Whole Foods, it's in the right place. But in addition, maybe I can be that first step to helping people go try a diet or get healthier or whatever, that this is that, that first step, that promise and that hope, right? I think it's so amazing is that all of this is just embedded in the brand. It's not overt. It's not your angle. It's not any overt part of your messaging, mm -hmm. but it's so much a part of your passion and the brand story that it's, it is the brand mm -hmm. without it being in anyone's face. And I think that's incredible that that level of subtlety. And it's, it's what you said, like it's your execution. It's your why it's why you came to this. It's why you do it. Totally. And it's, and it was really, so by the time I started kind of thinking about this and I had kind of validation, I still had those days where I had doubts. Right. And again, I, there were every single day I had this like Everest in front of me. I always share with people when you're launching a company, that's, that's like climbing a mountain. When you're launching a new category, 
that's like climbing Everest because you have no idea what you don't know. I was up for the challenge, but I had no idea what was in front of me. And, and that was like, and that was really exciting and sort of on a total side note, um, maybe for people listening that are thinking about changing careers. I think that the thing that was, I couldn't have really articulated it or defined it when I was leaving, I was at America online and I was the vice president of shopping partnerships there. And, you know, had grown it, gone through a hockey stick. I had come to a point in- hey, what's, what's a hockey stick? That's a term I don't know. Kind of, you know, just huge growth where- um, Oh, where like, a, like the shape of a hockey stick. Like, yeah, ooh, yeah. Okay. Some huge <laughs> growth, really exciting. And, um, you know, we were adding thousands and thousands of customers every day, but also, but also employees every single day. And I think that the thing that's so challenging and, and something that I think about a lot is that, when we join a company and maybe we get older and you know we're, we're successful, we become this thing called a manager. And then, we, and then we become a director and then a vice president or senior director or whatever it is, we go up the ladder, right? And that's what I had been doing. I was the youngest vice president at AOL. I was one of the first women. And then all of a sudden my role is to manage these 200 people and manage, mentor, and uh, not, sort of focus on me learning, right? Signing off on paperwork, all these things are important and those are things that I could do. But when I left, I left at a time when, thank goodness, the company wasn't going into sort of a free fall. They were <laughs> leveling off naturally and it was you know, doing what it was supposed to do. And it was a billion dollars in revenue to AOL um, when I left. But I think for me personally, the thing that I was so excited about, about this beverage industry was, first of all, it was personal, right? But then also I was just learning every single day. And so I would sit there and, and have these, you know, moments of really uncomfortableness, right? Where here I am, the stock guy at, at Whole Foods is telling me, you know, about a bottle or things that I just had never thought about. After you go back to the very bottom and you start again. You go to to the bottom and not everybody is is willing to do that, right? But I think that it's something that I talk about in being undaunted. So tell me that, a little bit about this book, right? Cuz yeah. you bought this company and you know, it's it's still evolving, you're still running it, you're going to be launching the leaders. Yeah. What why did you write the book? What was the the reason behind it? So I started, I was, you know, traveling for business, obviously, and also doing a ton of public speaking on how did I build this. Today, Hint is the largest non-alcoholic beverage in the U.S. that doesn't have a relationship with Coke, Pepsi, or Dr. Pepper, Snapple. Again, wow. and never... are you looking to keep it independent and not be acquired? I'm sure. I'm sure you've gotten the acquisition calls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we are setting this up as a as an independent company. We also have investors, so we. I think there's lots of options for this company overall, whether, you know, we take it public, whether we do um, a, a number of different things. But I think that the, the goal for me was always to just help people, right? Just help people drink water. And it was, it seems simple. And that was, um, so the reason I wrote this book, I mean, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur, but I saw, call myself an accidental author, because even though I was a journalism major, um, I, I didn't sort of wish that I would 
one day write a book. And I, I'm sure that there's plenty of people out there who think about that. That wasn't me, but I started journaling four years ago on many of my trips because I was on long plane rides and bored. And so, and then I would go into these speaking events and people would ask me in these speaking events, the Q and A at the end, they would not only ask me questions about how I built it and how did I do certain things, but also they would make these really, really bold statements like, um, you're obviously okay with risk. You never had any doubts. You never had any failures. And so I found just by responding truthfully about some of the challenges through some of my stories that I could actually help a lot of people. And people would write to me after these, uh, these events and they'd say, oh, just through hearing your story, you really helped me feel that I wasn't alone that you gave me the ideas I needed, um, you know, everything from fundraising to, um, you know, if you get kicked out of a store, it's not the end of the world. Or when competition, you know, shows up, it doesn't mean, I used to think that, you know, it's over, right? You're the, you're the underdog and then it's over, but it, it's actually usually a good thing because they it's expand your, you build your category. Totally. And so things like that, that I just didn't, think about. And I had the doubts and I had, you know, doubters along the way. One of the stories I share, if you don't mind, one of the, the stories that I share in the book is uh, about a year into building the company, I was, I was really stuck. I, the, I was at a point in the company where I couldn't figure out how to produce a product. Whole Foods was requesting that we get a longer shelf life on our product. And I just couldn't figure it out. I was curious out. about that because you have no preservatives and you have sugar as a preservative as well. How are you getting fresh fruit and water with no preservatives and sticking it on shelves? Yeah, so we we ended up figuring out and no one was doing this. Again, I, I was you know, looking under every rock, trying to talk to everybody I could, and and even saying to bottlers that we were talking to, uh, you know, why do we need to use preservatives? And they would say, because. And that's always a good reason. It's like when my kids are like, mommy, why? Because. And I was that kid, by the way, that my parents, you yeah. know, I would always say, well, why? And I was allowed to say, you know, why, why? Anyway, so it's uh, multiple things happened, including another thing that I talk about in the book, which is when you don't actually have the experience and you go and ask those kind of questions. And obviously in the right way, you're going to have people who are going to say to you, I don't know, and please leave my office, right? And right. go away. But you're going to have other people who will say, huh, I don't know. I don't really know the answer to that question. And so by not having the experience and you're showing your creativity, your willingness to learn and jump into you know, the, the puddle with, with somebody and, and try and solve this issue, they want to work with people like that, right? That, that, that they appreciate the, you know, curiosity on trying to solve this problem that nobody has really solved versus having the experience people come in and basically order people around saying, this is how we do things. So uh, anyway, after a year of trying to figure out shelf life and also distribution, how do I get it across the U.S. without actually doing a relationship with, with um, Coke or Pepsi? And because at the time, 15 years ago, there really weren't sort of smaller distributors that were out there. And the only game in town was really to 
um, do a deal with Coke or Pepsi right. or they, they are the giants. They people don't right? realize like they own pretty much everything you drink and a lot yeah. of them eat too. Yeah. I, or like a Cisco. And you know, and again, they're not going to talk to a small company like what we were. So anyway, about a year into this, I was just about to give up because I was getting recruited from different um, tech opportunities in Silicon Valley. And I thought, you know, this is just really hard. And I was, you know, not taking a salary. I had four kids under the age of six. And I thought, you know, what am I doing? And then a friend said, you know, I met this very senior executive at Coca-Cola. I'm going to reach out to him and see if I can connect you guys. So she did. We get on the phone. I'm, you know, very prepared for this phone call, sharing with him how proud I am. We've gotten into 10 stores and San Francisco, and we're actually, the product is turning and, you know, it's doing pretty well. And about 15 minutes into the conversation, he, uh, you know, he's sort of sizing me up and saying, I understand, you know, you came from tech and why'd you do this? I'm telling him the whole story. And he interrupts me 15 minutes into the conversation and said, sweetie, Americans love sweet. This isn't going anywhere. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) <laughs> what just happened? That's obnoxious. And so, and, and so uh, many people over the years in hearing that story have said to me, I can't believe you didn't hang up the phone on him. As my dad said, I'm, I'm happy that, and he should be happy that you weren't sitting across from him uh, when he said that to you. And I was in such shock, right? That he said this, that all of a sudden I just kind of tuned in and, and listened because here it was this you know multi-billion dollar major executive is sitting here telling me that my idea and my company stinks, right? That it's not going to go anywhere and it's going to be a failure. And so then I, I sat there and listened to why he believed what he believed. And essentially he was telling me that consumers aren't focused on health, that what they're focused on at the time, it was uh, all of the diet drinks were 10 calories. They hadn't gotten to zero. So he started telling me the focus of the consumer, if you get it down to zero calories, then they'll be fine with that and they'll buy it. And I said, so, but what if they don't get healthier? What about type two diabetes? What about they can't lose weight? That's not what they're focused on. And so it was that moment, 45 minutes later, that I hung up the phone and I had this enormous clarity where I thought I have a choice. I either continue or I don't, but he doesn't get it. And, and, you know, you can call it mission-based companies versus like he was on a different river and never in that 45 minutes did he bring up the word health. And yet that was my purpose that that was the whole reason why I was starting this company. And so, you know, sometimes the people that actually have the experience. And, you know, I think about innovation all the time. Innovation doesn't happen in large companies typically because they're focused on doing the same thing day after day. And the party line or or they're not, because they're a behemoth. Right. And they're trained. You can't, you can't move those very easily. Totally. And they're trained to, you know, think a certain way and they just don't think about doing things differently. They don't think about, creating a product that doesn't have preservatives in it. And so, um, so that's when, you know, we, we really just decided at that point and my husband had joined me and we decided let's just keep at it and just keep going and trying to test things along the way. 
your in, in answer to your question about the about how we got the shelf life, we also looked around at other beverages and looked around at some food that was out there too. And we pasteurize our product. No one was doing that in the water industry. It was sort of a, um, yeah. And so again, I think that, that there's, there's so many lessons that I talk about in the book. And, you know, it's interesting when the, the book now is Wall Street Journal and Amazon bestseller. And I, it's definitely, it's my story, but there's so many lessons in there. But I don't call out the lessons as, you know, here's how you should go build a company, one, two, three. What I talk about is things that I've learned along the way, including something that I truly believe is really helpful for all entrepreneurs. Sometimes you're, your answers to your questions are not sitting around, for example, in the beverage industry. They may be in other industries where, where you have to start looking around. You have to start thinking differently because if you do have a disruptive company, if you are going after a different category, thinking differently and allowing yourself to look at, you know, pulling from all these different companies you know, in the juice company that we were looking at, I was just curious, how did they actually produce a product without using preservatives? So that's ultimately how we were able to do what we were doing. I love that. Oh my gosh, we could keep going forever, um, but I know you need to go. So tell everybody where is the best place for them to find you? Yeah. So Kara Golden with an I on all social channels. And the book is called Undaunted Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. And uh, hopefully you'll get a chance to read it and come by and say hi and let me know what you think. I'm definitely going to read it. This has been absolutely amazing. Um, So surprise, I didn't warn you, uh, but I like to surprise my guests at the end and ask for a quote. Does not have to be a favorite one of all time, but it can be. But I love quotes and I love when they come kind of spontaneously. Yeah, I would say uh, one of my favorites, and I will not have the exact quote, but was actually one uh, that Steve Jobs touched on, which is that sometimes um, you don't realize until later that the dots actually do connect. That's cool. I was just talking to someone about this yesterday, that as things are happening, it feels so random. There's like this piece and that piece. And And then when you're done, you look behind, you're like, oh, okay. Like all of those things came together to put me here. And And that's, I'm going to save that story for the book, but you'll see there's a major one in there that was in our life cycle with Starbucks that I talk about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I truly believe it. In fact, I was sharing with somebody, an entrepreneur the other day that, uh, you know, I've always been bothered by the idea when people talk about uh, they shouldn't, they like, don't look back, um, never look back. And I've thought, gosh, I totally disagree because I think that we can all, I mean, we can all look at 2020 as something that we, you know, some, some more so than others had bigger challenges and sadness along the way, but we all learned a lot. Totally. So much change, so much learning, so much adapting, such a massive shift. Not a single person was unaffected. Totally. And I think that it's that we learned a lot and I, and whether it was, you know, personally, professionally, what we cared about, 
what we, what, how we think about the future, there's so much there. And so I think it's so important. And I think more and more people are thinking about that too, that it's just learn from your challenges, learn from your lessons. It's, uh, you know, also put yourself into situations where you're not doing the same thing every day. I think so many of the people that I meet today who I think are really happy and are excited about life are the ones that put themselves into positions that they could fail. They, they feel a little uncomfortable. And that's another thing that I really touch on in this book that I think is, um, is, is something that along the way, I've had the failures, I've had the fears, but you got to go do it. And you'll find that the more of those you have, some turn out great, some don't turn out so great, that the more confident you are, and the more zen you are at sort at going and tackling kind of hard things when they present themselves, even when you didn't expect them. I love that. On that note, guys, just I send an energetic thank you to Kara for joining us today. This has been so wonderful. I love it. Well, thank you so for having wisdom, me. So much encouragement built into just every part of you. Love the mission. Love the, love the genius tactics and things that you figured out and wasn't even your background. Just so much wisdom. Definitely check out the book and we will catch you next week. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?